I uh, I will take my hat off, and I will actually um, just kind of say uh, just a word and and thank uh, you know I'm a I'm a believer in spiritual things, and I'll thank whoever was there before and ask them to uh, to accept me to look on their sites. Um, this is the worst possible way to interview somebody. There's millions of distractions. <laughs> I get distracted very yeah, easily. Yeah, no, it's, very it's tough. Clutch is doing a great job. Welcome to the Why We Hike podcast, where we explore the highs, the lows, and the whys for going outside. I'm your host, Ford Thunder Erickson. And boy, howdy, that intro rhymed real good. Let's do some talking. Anyway, I'm out here in the Washington wilderness. But I'm not alone, like usual. There's a man standing next to me. It looks like he's not actually doing anything. He has a fake microphone. It's a real microphone. It's really recording. It's really recording. I can hear it. But none of us That's a bulbous microphone. Yeah, it kind of looks like a, looks more like an old iPod with an afro on top of it. <laughs> I'm really, makes me nervous. Ah, hey, so that voice you just heard is actually the voice of my good friend Clutch Lambert. Round of applause for Clutch Lambert. Maybe Rocco, you want to? <laughs> even you. even Clutch yeah. was applauding for himself. Ah, uh, <clears throat> so. I guess, uh, Clutch, we've never, actually, I don't know if I've ever, ever hiked with you, actually, ever. You don't even really uh, hike very much. I mean, I hike, I just don't call it hiking. Uh, well, what in the heck do you a, mean? Just do it in a different way. So, yeah, so we'll, we'll get to that. Okay. Uh, Clutch Lambert's a very interesting fella. hiked before. He's a weird guy. Wait, what? I don't know if I've ever hiked with you. Can you think of a single time? We, oh, wait. wait. Superstition Ridgeline, sort of. We attempted uh, it. Oh, yeah. That was probably it. Yeah. We hiked one time with some friends trying to do the Superstition Ridgeline Trail in Arizona. And when we got up to the saddle at one point, uh, Clutch pulled out, of his <laughs> pulled out of his backpack uh, an entire box of donuts, donuts that was like folded up so it could fit into his backpack. And then he unfolded the box of smashed donuts and handed them out to everybody. It was really good. Uh, country donuts, man. What? I said there's nothing like backcountry donuts. It's true. Yeah. Uh, donuts, Pop-Tarts, real good. Um, so, uh, Clutch is a little different than the previous people we've had on the show. Um, because, I don't know, I mean, you're always down for like a regular old hike, but at the same time, different, you know? You're not the type of person just like, oh, I'm just going to go hike just to hike, mm. you know? Clutch approaches it from a different uh, angle than... Uh, than I do a lot of the time. And uh, also, I wanted to introduce all of you millions of listeners right now to a different world, the primitive skills world. And us three here, Clutch, myself, and our good friend Rocco, we are currently here in Washington at the Between the Rivers Primitive Skills Gathering. Clutch, can you tell us what in the heck is a primitive skills gathering? Yeah. Primitive skills gathering was a bunch of people that like to do primitive skills get together and they do primitive skills, which is primitive skills is, you know, people like to call it survival skills or sometimes bushcraft, but, you know, just the 
ancient uh, living skills that people did. Um, and we all get together and we leave all those things bes- behind. Like we don't talk politics. We just get together and do the one thing that brings us all together. The one thing, the one shared interest we all have. And that is primitive living skills. And mm-hmm. we just practice them. We eat some food. We talk about the skills, talk about the history, the culture, and then we just do a lot of primitive skills. <laughs> Very good. Very good synopsis. So I want to know, where is this coming from, Clutch? Where have you always been in this kind of thing? What got you into it? Why do you like it? You know, because someone could say, uh-huh. well, why do you want to learn how to use to learn an ancient living school skill? Well, we got cooler stuff like cars, iPods. Well, actually, I'm the only one who uses an iPod anymore. Uh, what else is there? What el- what else is there? Did iPads, you, you, iPads, Xbox, Xboxes. You know, there's all kinds of cool stuff. So, I guess first off, two questions. Have you what? Knives that you buy at the store. Yeah. What? Why make a knife when you can just go is buy one? Lighters. Lighters. So, manufactured clothing, all kinds of things. So, what are the so two questions I have for you, Clutch? What uh, have you always been in this kind of thing? If not, what got you into it? I can't remember what the other question was. Oh, and what when the heck do you get out of it? So let's start with. All right. All how right. did you get into this? How did I get into it? Well, you could say I've always had somewhat of an interest in. These, you know, just hands-on outdoor skills, if you want to call it that. You know, I was uh, raised as a country boy, all good country boys. Where at? (laughs) Northern California, despite what you think. There's there's, there's no country boys there. There's there's some country boys. I I know them. You don't don't talk like this being raised in no New York. talks like a real country boy. Northern California. What? There we go. Not like those damn New Yorkers over here. <laughs> yeah, Rocco's from New York, so. Hey, I got some really interesting Sorry, accents Rocco. right now. Yeah. I escaped. <laughs> well, um, yeah. You know, just raising, uh, raise, being raised the way I did, you just learn certain skills. Sorry, I feel like I have to look at the microphone when I'm talking to it. <laughs> yeah, you do need to look at it. It won't work if you're not looking All at right, it. All right, I'll stare intently. But, uh, you know, I was, ra- I, uh, I did the, you know, we were always, we come from a family that just kind of made stuff when I, uh, y- you know, there was times where we needed like a, a, what's the fire grate that goes around the, the fireplace. And, you know, a lot of people um, would have just said, oh, let's go buy one. But my family was always like, oh, could we make it? So anytime we needed something, um, a lot of times we just were like, hey, let's try to make it first. And, uh, you know, I did uh, the Boy Scouts and everything and learned some of that stuff. A lot of those old school skills are, uh, were by the time I even got into Boy Scouts, were pretty much um, not gone, but just not valued as much. And um, and the biggest thing that got me into the skills, you know, I know all these re- survival shows were coming out and stuff, but I didn't really watch any. But uh, I started working for the Anasazi Foundation, which you probably are familiar with by now with Ford's talking about things yeah pretty much every episode i mention it yeah anyway what are you saying clutch well that was pretty much my uh you know anasazi foundation wilderness therapy i learned a little bit about that stuff and then i just got more into it long story short yeah 
Second question was, uh, yeah, like, why do you like doing that? Why do you like doing this kind of stuff? Like, what, what do you get out of it? What do you think other people get out of it? As like an outdoor, because the reason I bring this up is because like, yeah, you know, maybe you, you don't necessarily maybe go hiking like the way that most people do. Like, oh, let's go hit some trails, do some miles, you know, kind of thing. Like maybe the way I do. But you kind of do it in a different way. Like you go out there to go try and find stuff. Yeah. You know, like exploring, find some cool places, you know, some stuff you can make things out of, you know, I don't know. Uh, so that's why I'm interviewing Clutch and introducing you all to this primitive skills world. Uh, so what do you get out of it? Why? Have you ever made anything with your bare hands? I know you have. How do you know that? I've seen it. Oh, I've yeah? seen the satisfaction in your eyes. Uh. The satisfaction that many of us have when we're out here. Walk around this gathering and look at people when they've made something. Something they might not even be that interested in. And then behold, they have in their hand a, a stone blade or a uh, a little couple pieces of wood that can be placed together and squish an animal to eat. Um, I think the satisfaction from <laughs> He's talking about a trap. <laughs> that a dead, sounded kind of confusing. Dead, a deadfall trap. A couple sorry. pieces of wood that squish an animal together <laughs> and then you can eat it. Uh, yeah, keep, keep going. Also, just for listeners, uh, as Clutch is, was saying all of those things, he had this really crazy look in his eye while he was talking. So it was it was fun to watch. Thank you for commenting on that. So, okay. So I'm going to call you out on this Clunch. Uh-huh. I call him Clunch because, long story, our boss one time was writing different employees' names on the board. And instead of writing Clutch, he wrote Clunch. And it just kind of stuck. It was that's, really funny. That's the way it's been. Um. Oh man, I'm really good at interviewing people. Can't remember what my was going. Oh yeah. Uh. So you're talking about like satisfaction, you know, yeah, making some. I get that. You know, I felt that. Mm-hmm. But where do you think that's coming from? Okay. Yeah. Like you. So basically, you said you feel good. But why? Why does it feel good to make something with your own hands? What's it hitting on? Well, what you one answer would be uh the one thing we all have in common as a human race, and you hear this a lot from people that are in- interested in primitive skills is primitive skills that's the one thing that human beings as a whole you trace everybody back, no matter who where your lineage comes from, we all at some point were primitive people, and we all used similar skills um and so that could be a that could be a reason why it feels so satisfying to make something. But I think another thing is I don't think you ever really understand nature. I think when you just go out and you take pictures of trees, that's fine, and I'm glad people are doing that. But when you're actually taking down a tree and using that wood for a certain, you know, that this particular wood is going to be for a particular, whether it's fire material or, you know, you won't need to make a bow uh, you know, a hunting bow or, you know, even something as big as a canoe, that when you're working with those natural materials, nothing's going to bring you closer to nature than actually using nature to build your supplies, your food, your shelter, um, 
and all all the tools to get those things. Mm. So that's what really the biggest reason I love primitive skills is because I feel more connected to nature in the natural world when I'm actually using the natural world to build everything I need. Mm. Yeah. Well put. Uh, yeah, I agree. I've been, I, you know, I don't know. I got into primitive skills. I don't know. When was it now? Maybe 2013, I think, maybe. Uh, I remember it probably a couple years before that. I think it was 2011 or something. Uh, I was in college and the summer break was coming. We'd have like seven weeks off for break. And I remember for some reason, just out of nowhere, and I was like just barely starting to get into the outdoors and like running and hiking, just barely. Like I'd only been into it for like maybe a year at this point. And uh, for some reason, I got this idea in my head that thought, oh, that'd be kind of cool to learn how to, I feel like I've seen it on cartoons, like you rub sticks together and start a fire. That sounds kind of cool. I want to learn how to do that. Maybe I'll do it this summer. I remember I brought it up to one of my friends. I was like, we should learn how to rub sticks together and make fires. And he was like, dude, that'd be sweet. And uh, so I remember I looked up a couple videos, YouTube videos about it, and I just got super confused, couldn't figure it out. So I didn't really try. But it, like, planted a seed. There was something in that that, like, made me feel really good. Like, oh, that'd be so cool to be able to start a fire that way. And I think, because it kind of goes back to what you were saying. And since then, I have learned how to do that. And I think I'm decent at it. You're and, good. And it's still, uh, it's, I still love doing it. Every time I do it, like, it's just my favorite thing in the world to do. Because it gives me that same feeling that I got you know, that same little glimpse of a feeling that I had when I had the idea to learn how to do it. Cause I think it's a little, at least for me, it's a little bit of like going what you're talking about it, going along with what you're saying. It's kind of like a little bit of independence for me. Like, I feel like I'm reliant on so many things and so many people like, and I think I'll always be that way to some degree. I don't think I'm ever going to be like a native American, you know, completely living off the land, completely, you know, unattached to anyone or anything. Um, and I think that's okay. You know, I always have a car, probably. I'll need some something to fuel my car with, so I need to know people who have gasoline and all that kind of stuff. But in, like, society we have now, it's like every single thing, at least that I do just about, is reliant on somebody else to make something for it or something, you know? Like, I don't know how to make my own clothes. I don't know how electricity works. <laughs> I don't know how to build a house. I don't know how cars work, you know? I don't know how to make my own food from scratch, you know, like growing it or hunting or, you know, anything like that. And even if you go into like deeper, if you're like, oh, I'm into hunting or fishing or whatever, uh, like nowadays you'd be like, oh yeah, no, I'm good. Like I know how to hunt that's cool. Uh, but are you hunting with a, I don't know anything about guns, but like a super fancy, you know, sighted, rifle you know it's like not even fair someone had to build that you know how to build a gun i don't know how to build a gun <laughs> yeah and so just and, and i'm not like saying that to talk trash on everybody but there's just i feel like at least for me i started just feeling like i was so just kind of at the mercy of everything in society and so just one small little thing like learn how to start a fire by rubbing sticks together it's like i could go out into the woods find the materials to do it and start a fire I didn't need anyone to give me a lighter. I didn't need anyone to make a match for me or even like a flint and steel, like a piece of steel or something like that. 
nothing. I could go out there and do that on my own. And just one little thing, I was completely just in touch with what nature provides. You know, the source of it all and where people came from. And I think that was just, I don't know, something about that really did it for me. And uh, so I guess I want to ask you, Clunch. All right, man. Could you tell us about, so Clutch, his position at the wilderness therapy place that we were working was called the Ridge Walker. So he was kind of the overseer of all of us out there in the field. Um, so he was alone a lot with the vehicles and he was, uh, (coughs) 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 yeah. So you'd be alone a lot out there kind of scouting different areas, kind of where the groups were going to be moving to scouting, trying to get in good positions for the radio. I was like that office, the communication between the field and the office. Yeah. And so this last winter, that's what Clutch was doing. And I, so I was usually out in the field with the groups and Clutch was off kind of basically overseer, keeping us safe. And so he'd be by himself. And so I remember you telling me a lot of cool things that you'd find out there while you're out there alone. Could you tell us maybe a little bit about some of those experiences and what that was like? Something cool I found. Yeah. Like, like all the ruins. Oh, sure. Yeah. Well, ladies and gentlemen. Um, yeah, part of my job was to drive these, uh, Chevrolet Suburbans or Tahoes that, uh, were pretty trashed because it's a non-profit and we're trying to put the money back into the organization and not buy nice cars. Um, we're, we're getting our picture taken. I'm not very good at, uh, thinking about more <laughs> Clutch than is really under pressure coming. right now. There's a lot of people, yeah, a lot of people taken, walking around. Interviewing him right now. People I, stopping there's him. a lot of mosquitoes. I got bit in the head. West <laughs> Nile. That reminds me of another time. Just kidding. Um, yeah, a lot of times you're driving around the uh, Tonto National Forest in Arizona, which is just a beautiful spread of wild land. Yeah. Now, now the pictures now have now flashes. Can't see anything. Yeah. Anyway. All right. You can do this clutch. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't the most interesting kind of story. But a lot of times we'll be driving around and uh, I'll just, I'll look at peaks and I'll be looking at the maps and trying to figure out where all the groups are um, down these canyons and stuff and trying to figure out uh, the best way to reach them. Basically, I feel like I'm doing my job if I can get them on radio. Otherwise, they're going to have to call me on a sat phone, satellite phone, which is really expensive. And, uh, you know, you're leading these group of sometimes angry youth through the wilderness. And uh, all you want to do is talk to somebody you know that's overseeing it and you feel you you feel a lot more at peace when you know like the 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 guy the the field supervisor if you will is on the up there so I'd try to find people on uh get as close to him as possible and I'd scout all these spots and I'd get on I'd just drive up to these peaks and it just shocked me over and over and over again I would go up to these spots and I would find Native American ruins you know and uh a lot of times I just uh, walk around and um, look up and I thought, you know, if I lived out here, I would probably use that hilltop or something. Um, and I'd go up there and, you know, I found uh, lots of pottery shards, um, lots of just remnants of old ruins with a lot of rooms. Um, it's really interesting that they're often very far from water, so it just makes you wonder. Mm. I guess that's why all those pottery shards are out there because they're hauling up their water. I've, I've found... Um, I found bone, and I don't know 
how old it was or if it was from human or um, animal. I've even found uh, beads and uh, little pieces of jewelry mm-hmm. and stuff like that. I thought that was like super that. cool. Turquoise, I think. Those pictures you put on your Instagram. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because pottery shards are kind of rare to find. Um, I've seen those sometimes before, but some of the stuff you found, like it was like painted pottery. Yeah, painted pottery is like, rare. The jewelry was amazing. Even more like rare. a turquoise. I remember there's some pendant or something. Yeah, super cool. And these aren't like these places that collectors go into. It's not like it's like a trailhead in a national park or something like that. So maybe someone dropped it there. Or whatever. These are like super remote, way out into a, a very remote area of the Arizona wilderness where there aren't trails. You know, it's just you know, clutch would be you know, driving somewhere than just hike up to the top of this hill where people usually don't ever go. And so you'd find those things up there. And uh, I love what you said, because I've noticed this as well. Sometimes when you find ruins, they're not near water. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts about that? Because uh, like when I think about when it's some ruins that I ran into while we were out there, uh, they were amazing. They're like at the top of this cliff. It was unbelievable. But I thought, man, but the water is clear down there at the bottom of this mountain why would you build something up here i don't know i want to hear your thoughts before i give my thoughts well i've studied um archaeology on a very amateur level and there's a lot i do not understand so i'm definitely no expert um i have a lot of theories and ideas but first of all i'd like to say that some points where these um these ruins would be and the water it would be shockingly far away or very, very steep, like you're on this very high peak and you find them there. But I think a lot of the ruins might not have been, um, a lot of the smaller ones, I'm not sure if they were like actually living quarters long term. I think there's a possibility that they were just, you know, little spots you'd stop on to a journey, you know, like a little a little hostel on your, on your hike through or something. Um, I also think that there could be, it's just for spiritual reasons that they like to be up high. Um, and obviously a lot of people will say it's for, um, you know, defense, getting up really high so you can see your enemies coming. Um, and I don't know enough about the different cultures and stuff. And I don't, I don't think anyone really knows, but I just think that, uh, I just think they didn't mind. I think they had a lot of chores to do and getting water from a far away and with the amount of people that they just didn't mind doing that. And, uh, I think they just like to live up there, but again... It's just a guess. Yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't know if and I'm sure there's probably some historians who have like maybe even like the actual reasons as to why they did that. I don't know. Um but yeah, some of the thoughts I had when I initially was like, why is it so far from water? Like there's a good river down there, but that's like man, that that's a long journey to get down there just to get water. Um uh, but uh I think one thing I thought about was like, well, these people probably were hiking up and down this mountain every day was not like a big deal. That's what they did. Yeah, that was my thoughts. You know, they, uh, for us, it's like, oh, geez, you got to go down there just for water. It's like, well, water's important, you know, and we got to go down there and do some hunting or foraging or, you know, getting firewood or whatever it is anyway, so... You know, you got kids and all kinds of stuff. Maybe it was like the kids' duty, like, oh, send them down there, do their water run a couple times a day, you know, kind of thing. And when you think about it, I mean, they didn't have all the distractions that we have. They didn't have to worry about their 
you know, paying their cell phone bill. Not that that takes up tons of time or anything, but, uh, you know, so many things that we comp- have complicated our life and our society with sometimes for, you know, has some positive results. But back then, you know, it was keep your family safe, keep them fed, keep them healthy. And, uh, you know, maybe some other things sprinkled in there. And essentially that's what it is today, but it's very, very clouded. At least it has been for me. I like forget that that's basically what life is. Just got to focus on those things. If you're doing that, you're doing all right. You know, but yeah, just hiking. You know, they were good hikers. They had to be. And uh, you know, so I don't think it was as big a deal as we think it. To in our perspective, looks like it is. But yeah, I don't know. But yeah, I just thought that was cool. Yeah, I also wonder a lot of times if they didn't can't they didn't. I mean, sometimes you do find ruins closer to water, but a lot of experience that I've had, and I've seen a lot of ruins throughout southern Utah and Arizona, and I wonder sometimes if they didn't camp on water, um, you know, because that's where the the game went, mm, and they wanted to that. stay away from there so they could, you know, you go down to, you go down to the creek, you're going to find stuff, you're going to be able to trap stuff, perhaps they wanted to be away from it, or I don't know, maybe they just didn't think it was appropriate for whatever reason yeah more speculation yeah i don't know <clears throat> either way it's cool it's always t- tell me what your thoughts are like when you do come across some ruins or some ancient you know okay. something it's people obviously live there spent time there what is it like for you to to while you're out there kind of wandering around in the hills and you come across something like that what does that like feel like for you or what's sure. that experience for for you well yeah i i Sometimes when I stumble across them, um, I do feel like uh, I feel like a lot of times it's not accidents that I stumble upon them. That that something deeper, more spiritual, pulls me to them. Um, I've definitely had experiences like that where I've accidentally found stuff by chance, if you will. Um, you know, it seems like chance, but uh, a lot of times when I find a site. And it's either on purpose or, you know, I'll hike there on purpose. Sorry, I'm distracted. Um, <laughs> or uh, or by chance, I uh, I will take my hat off and I will actually um, just kind of say uh, just a word and, and thank, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a believer in spiritual things. And I'll thank whoever was there before and ask them to... Uh, to accept me to look on their sites, look on look on something that they once lived, if they're there, and just uh, you know, I just want to take a moment of res- respect, whether there's literal spirits or not that could be there, whatever. Um, I'm not. I'm gonna just take the chance and and ask for respect and and uh, show that I'm respectful and and that I come there just to admire it. And uh, yeah, and I I'm a big fan of uh, this primitive these technologies that were lost. And um, this is the worst possible way to interview somebody. There's <laughs> millions of distractions. <laughs> I get distracted very yeah, easily. Yeah, no, it, very it's easily. tough. Clutch is doing a great job. There's people walking all over the place, people talking yeah, okay. to us, giggling. taking pictures, giggling. It's pretty hard. Uh, so Clutch is doing an amazing job. Uh, if you're out there listening to this, give him a round of applause right now. He's a great sport. Um, uh, did I answer your question? Yeah. No, yeah, you totally did. Okay. Yeah. 
Uh, you're doing a great job, Clutch. Thanks, man. What do I get out of I'm this? Proud of you. Uh, well, how some about of the, some of the snacks? Yeah, we got some snacks here. Here, no. maybe you want a, a Cheeto? Cheeto? Well, sure. you, d- you don't really like Cheetos. Well, I'll eat it because it'll be sound good with Wait. the microphone. Yeah. Oh. I'll I'll make the sound effects. Mmm. 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 You could, I could tell. Yeah, I could tell by the way you're looking at me when you want me to say mmm. Ooh. The, listening to the crunch because I have the headphones on right now in this interview, and it's actually really satisfying. Does it like, sound good? It's like a ASMR stuff, you know, that you watch these YouTube videos. It's a big Cheeto. Yeah, the, <laughs> the slow crunches are really good. This was a primitive skill, perhaps, you know. I, I think it was. I definitely, enjoying absolutely your, think it was. Food slowly. You don't have a lot of food. You got to enjoy it slowly. Mm-hmm. Feel like you're more full. Yep. Those are pretty good for Cheetos. Yeah, they're the Cheddar Jalapeno Cheetos. I'm not sponsored by them, but I'd love to be. So if Cheddar Jalapenos, <laughs> Cheetos, che- <laughs> I can't talk. Cheddar Jalapeno Cheetos are listening. You know, I'd love to sponsor, be sponsored by you guys. Uh, but yeah, um, I don't know. Anything else you want to say? <sighs> I mean, I think you uh, asked in the beginning your question, why we hike or something. You wanted to know something about why I hike or why I, why, how I hike. Was that one of your questions? Yeah, something I mean, like we that. We kind of talked about it. Um, essentially, I, don't, I think the biggest thing that uh, what, what hiking is or... You know, I don't really always like the term, and I know I know some other people agree with that, you know, like people that, uh, you know, John Muir fans. But uh, I just believe that being outside is about, uh, you know, observing nature, and I just don't want to tr- trample through it really fast. I want to slow down, and I want to look at things. And, you know, sometimes I do hike, and I, I'll, uh, you know, I used to love running down a mountain as fast as I could and seeing if you, you know, try not to trip. But uh, I just like to go out there and, just view all the many treats of nature and uh, sometimes that means you know with instead of a destination in mind it's more of an activity like finding ruins or you know fishing or just looking in the water looking at the plants you know maybe practicing some skills on the way Mm. beautiful well put amen to that well clutch thanks for coming on the show today you're welcome. It was a difficult show. I'm sorry for you. It was I'm easy sorry for me. To have more jokes. No, yeah, Clutch has really good jokes. If you didn't think that he had any in this show, Clutch has some really good jokes. I was just smelling because yeah. there's, there's a certain smell. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's some right people now. next to us that I think are smoking the marijuana right now. Nice people though. Uh, but we're in Washington. It's legal, I guess. Anyway, uh. Well, it's a good place to stop, I guess, on, on that note. Uh, we'll talk about, you know, like some stuff for like another, like, 40 minutes. How long, ba- how much battery you got? <laughs> why don't, why don't we talk uh, about, the, why don't we talk about like our favorite childhood memories before we go? Well, um, uh, you know, I think, uh, you know, I think well, we what, just about have everything we have, Mr. Lambert. What were we, bo- what, what I, how old are well, we Well, you know, maybe we'll <laughs> talk about that later, you know, on my other podcast, why well, we, we why we have childhoods. Right the, I'm, starting a, cha- I'm starting we, a podcast we, we called can, Why We Had Childhoods. And why do you so we can we talk do? about that. Well, 
you know that's you know what has, that's a what discussion for for the other podcast. Uh, really don't have time for this but now, Mister Lambert. What's the connection Lambert. between the two? Uh, well, I don't think there is any connection. Well, I mean, maybe there is. I don't know, but I, I can't talk about this right now because this is for the other podcast. Anyway, thank you so much, Mister Lambert. Uh, let's I'd see just like to say if, one thing. Okay. I apologize that when I talk that I get keep going closer to the microphone and you have to keep pulling it away. Yeah, it's true. It's kind of difficult. And I'd like to thank all the special guests that came and distracted me while we talked. Uh, I was very touched. He was. He cried a little bit. Well, let me see if I can get the audio of our left-handed shake. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> that that popped. Was that your hand? I don't know. I thought it was yours. No, it wasn't my hand. I don't think. No. Not usually a popper. Yeah. Try it again. That didn't Sorry. work. Anyway. All right. Well. Thanks for having me, Ford. Yep. It's been great. And until next time on the Why We Hike podcast, there's no telling who we'll have on next. I'm Ford Erickson.